the lava. Balls the lava, Brock. That is your fault. It is my fault. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all your favorite books from Book Talk, Bookstagram, wherever you're getting books these days. We're going to talk about it. We're starting off with the giggles because we just know this is going to be a great episode because we're finally getting into the meat and bones of what happens in Crescent City. This is actually part two um, because there's this is a big chunk of a book and we had a lot of setting up we needed to do in part one. But before we get into it, you know who I am. I'm Caitlin, joined by my host, Bridget and Hilda. Hi. Hi. And boy, oh boy, do we got a lot of notes to get through. <laughs> I was just telling them, I'm like, we got a lot to say, so we got to keep the tangents to a minimum. Will we? Probably not. But nope. We will do our best effort because I'm looking at Bridget's fat glass of wine and I, you know, there's no promises. Well, all I'm going to say is buckle up because you're in for a long ride. A long ride. It'll be a fun ride though, like roller coaster, not like horrible, you know, road trip with people puking. No. Yeah. We're not in for a road trip with you. (laughs) This is a good time. We're here for a good time. We're here for a long time. You know what I mean? Are we going to talk about meat ribbons again? (laughs) Flesh ribbons and piles of people? piles ground beef because now we actually have something else we and have spaghetti a crater through this man's body oh hunt oh, oh sweet hunt full body cringe like when i read it I, you know it's funny i remember you saying that last time when i was writing up the notes when i got to hunt's part i was like oh, bridget had a full body cringe <laughs> all right so we got a lot to get into if while we do cover the bulk of what happens in crescent city 2 in this second part. There is a lot that we go over in the first part. So that's where we're going to get into the world building, explaining the hierarchy and the government and the people because there's a lot. Like that's what a big chunk of this book is. And when you're reading it, you're like, okay, I'm not really getting this, but I'll absorb as I read, which is still kind of hard to do. So we got all that up done on the upfront and we gave you our five minute-ish recap. Our non-five minute, five minute recap. Yeah, a non-five-minute, five-minute recap. All of that was done in part one. So if you need a refresher, go check that out on the last episode because today we're going to pick up what we were calling was ADD, so after Danica's death. That should not be a spoiler for anyone at this point. If you've read the first 20 pages, you know what's up. Yeah, I think it happens at like 9%, so this is not like a... Okay, it happens at 9%, but a lot of people struggled getting into this book, so it could very well be a spoiler. Is it a lot of people, or was it just us? <laughs> no, 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 no. There's like an... <laughs> was it just you? There is a little section of book talk that said, I don't know if I... It was hard, I, because it was hard. They, so much of the world building was hit you up front, and you're just like, whoa, hold up. I don't even know these people, and you're asking me to learn about them? Like, like what the fuck on. is a vanier? Of an year. Yeah. Like, like I'm sorry, this is not a history class. We're not in social studies right now. I don't need to know all of this bulk info. You're like a veneer that goes on your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> is that how you remembered it? No. <laughs> veneer, that goes on my teeth. Teeth have fangs, fangs, vampire, vampire, veneer. Fangs and bangs. Lehaba's favorite show. You, you know, we could go on <laughs> this whole thing. Bangs. All right. Well, let's give you a brief reminder of the worlds just so you remember. Midgard is the planet. Valbara is the continent. Crescent City is the continent, is the city in the continent on the planet. We're good? I love. Remember that old song? There was a hole in the middle of the ground. Yeah, this is kind of like <laughs> the prettiest little hole that you ever did see. And the hole in the ground, and the ground, and the green and the grass, green grass yeah. all around and around. Green grass girl. <laughs> Thanks, Miss Rachel. <laughs> For those with littles, you'll know. Okay, so we've got Midgard. Big planet, Valbara, continent, Crescent City. City. The Asiri rule the entire planet. The governors rule the continents, like Valbara and the cities within it. 
Crescent City has its own district, an archangel, Micah, as its leader. There's two types of beings. You've got veneer, not to be confused with the teeth. <laughs> veneer. So veneer are humans with magic. Uh, or veneer are magical beings. And then you've got humans, no magic. So veneer, magic, humans, no magic. Then everyone is sorted into houses. Why is this done? My notes say not 100% sure. We kind of talked about it before. We had some theories. There you go. There's your recap. <laughs> you forgot to mention Rune Danning, Crown Prince of the Velbar and Fae, rules our hearts. Always. Ah, you're not there yet. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there. You'll get I there. did have to ask Hilda after I finished the book. I was like, so at what point am I going to fall in love with him like everybody else? Book two. Book two. There's a lot more. He's a yeah, main, but more like, main focus. Book two, what percent? Also, is book two spicier? Yes. yes. And it's not just like a fade to black. He sat, someone sat on no. his face, fade to black. No. Okay. No. Uh, well, no. no. I mean, the thing is, a lot of people put emphasis on that chapter. That's not the spiciest chapter. Yeah, because it just, it comes, honestly, it comes out of like left field. You're like, Rune Dannon knows three things. The first one is there's a fawn sitting on his face and he really likes it, you know? And he smoked too much a weed. A fawn? So is it her best it. friend? No. No. Oh, I was like, we can't say. No. Oh, um, Juniper getting it on with Rune Dannon, Crown Bins no. of the Bell Fire and Fair. For her. It's, that's not who it is. That's not Damn. Who. A girl could help, um, man. No, yeah, but he, he, He's really great in book two. I really liked him in this book. I thought he was like a great character overall. There was a lot he's, of growth for him. He's even mm-hmm. better in book two. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get it in. Let's get into it, gals. Shall we? First off, Danica's den to begin with. Bum, bum, bum. Shocker. Oh, bum, bum, bum. Um, I mean, it was a shocker, but yeah. It, it was. was I was like, wait, no, she's coming back to life, right? And everyone was like, no, she's dead, dead. Dead, dead. Dead as a doornail. Like uh, in the the great Charles Dickens, the Marleys were dead to begin with. I was more about her about Connor than I was about her. Oh, Connor. I don't, we didn't get enough time with him. No, immediately his like interactions with, what's her face? Bryce. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, I'm loving this. Like, I love this entire energy, this reaction. And then I kept thinking about Sam, Aileen's first lover. And I was like, this better not be Sam of the book. And he was Sam of the book. He was the Sam. Thankfully, yeah. like your heart didn't have enough time to be ripped out of your chest. Like, yeah. you, bear- you know what I mean? Like it wasn't. It was like a lone solitary tear yeah. that came down your cheek. Um, Speak for yourself. Was I don't a- know. I'm still really hurt about Sam. <laughs> and I'm still really, really, really hurt about Connor. Well. It wasn't like when Darius died. Uh, Or the 13. Or the 13. I will oh, never, God. never forget, never remember. Oh. Never, never stop remembering. I still Anywho. might get a tattoo of 13 on my body. Just saying. Okay, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Can't wait for our throne of glass season, whatever you throw that in there. All right. So Danica's dead to begin with. <laughs> my notes say B, and every time I want to say Bridget, because there's a B in my life. <laughs> so Bryce is still working for Jessica at Griffin Antiquities, and she has to go to the former club she used to go to all the time, the White Raven, to make a deal with a client. The deal happens, you know, they're trading artwork at a club, as one does, with Maximum Tertian. Basically, what we need to know is kind of a creep. He's a vampire. It's just, he's just creepy. Um, I do think there's vampire slander in this book. <laughs> There is okay. a little bit. We're not, we're not going to get into it, but I just had to say that. She had to voice it. As the um, local vampire lover here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
to say. What we learned from this is that Bryce has stopped drinking. She stopped partying. The way she was before Danica's death is a complete 180 from the way she is now um, after the events of the last two years. So, uh, you know, eventually they finalized the deal and the two split ways. Nothing too eventful happened there. But while Max and Bryce are making the illegal art deal at the club, Rune gets a tip off from the White Raven's owner that Max is being a creep. So he's over to the bar just to make sure his cousin, unquote, is... You know, everything's going okay for her because she's had it rough. And also, he has to deliver a message from the Autumn King because he's like, two birds, one stone. Let's talk about this. His message is, lie low until the summit. Autumn King does not want any of this more shit being stirred up like it was two years ago. Now, a summit, you say? Let's explain. Once every 10 years, the continents get together to decide government business. This next one will be about finally ending the rebel uprising in Pangera. And it's very important, very high level, like the whole city comes alive for this kind of thing. The Asteria are still very creepy and everyone's very much afraid of them. So that's why this is treated with the utmost regard. Um, And of course, the Autumn King is kind of a jerk and he doesn't want his little niece, niece, getting into any more trouble. Because again, lots of trouble happened before. Lo and behold, after Bryce meets with Max, there is a new murder. And Hunt and I, Isaiah? I wrote my notes to say Isaac. So Hunt and Isaiah (laughs) question Bryce at uh, Griffin Antiquities because Max, creepy old Max the vampire, was murdered. And he wasn't just murdered. He was murdered in the exact same piles of goo the way the Danica and the Pack of Devils were murdered. So they're like, that's suspicious. Since she was the last one to see him alive and she was the last one to see Danica alive, uh, naturally they have questions. All right, so quick reminder about Hunt. He was a fallen angel. He is a fallen angel. He rebelled with Shahar and the other rebels. He loved her so much. Um, Blinded by his love, he followed her into battle, which they lost. And now he is indebted to Micah, the new ruler of Obara and Crescent City, as a slave. He currently handles all of Micah's problemos, a.k.a. assassinations in the city. He's known as the Umbra Mortis, so he's very scary in his battle suit. And he's both known and feared amongst the folks of Crescent City. Hunt has a specialty in hunting demons for Micah. So basically, he has the perfect job to research what is happening here. And the demon that they think attacked them two years ago could be back. So who's the man for the job? It's our man, Hunt. They still don't know who is behind it, but they know what kind of demon it is this time, which is an improvement over last time. It's a Crystallis demon, which is very, very bad. <laughs> and someone extremely powerful was able to summon him from the depths of hell. Now, this is another thing we don't really understand. I didn't cover it in the upfront. Like, there's also depth, depth. There's also depths and levels and pits of various levels in hell. And I don't feel like we get a solid explanation on all of that. And then there's like princes. So I feel, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything. I think hell is supposed to be its own planet. The way that Midgard is a planet, hell is a planet. But we also don't have the full backstory of what happened in the last or in the initial war with like Thea and Peleus and the Starborn Fae and the princess of hell because we're getting a very one-sided account from the asteri who are trying to hide the history of midgar yeah, they're trying to control the, na- the narrative exactly so in all the books like the nazis back in the day that spoke to otherwise that says anything other than beliefs contrary yeah contrary to what they say. can't have it so Yes, we're confused, but I think it's because we're meant to be confused, not just because we have poor reading comprehension skills. 
<laughs> or we're just reading too fast to be like, yep, I'll figure right. that out later. Or if somebody wants to correct us, please do. Please do so. I'd love to know. All right. So we know that this was someone extremely powerful who was able to raise this demon from the depths of hell. They they know what we've already been thinking this entire time, that it probably wasn't the human rebel Philip Briggs, who they originally claimed committed the murder and threw his ass in jail. So while Hunt and Isaiah are at Griffin Antiquities, who shows up? Micah shows up and he says, you know what, folks? I need this cleaned up by the summit. Um, he puts Bryce and Hunt on the case together because Micah believes Bryce is the key and wants to solve a Saparito before the summit and doesn't want the Asteria getting wind of it. Again, everyone is very afraid of these people. Rune Dannon, Crown Prince of the Bavar and Fae, gets news of the death and meets with the Autumn King since it concerns Bryce. And the Autumn King basically was like, tell her ass to lie low. This is the opposite of doing that. We learn the Autumn King is kind of a huge asshole. We can tell he's put Rune through it growing up. And he's just kind of like an aloof tinkerer in his own laboratory doing his experiments. We also learn that Ruin, Ruin, we also learn that Ruin is, while he is a starborn fae and he possesses a little bit of the light, it's very small, like very small increments that he has. And he puts it on display when um, the Iron King asks, asks him to loan him some of his light. It's very hard for him to do. So if anyone's watched Good Charlotte, is it Good Charlotte? Queen Charlotte? Queen Charlotte on Netflix. Mm -hmm. You know how King George is in his little um, uh -huh. observatory, observatory, and he's like just all over the place doing his little thing. That's what I was picturing with the Autumn King, except for I did not think he was going to be as attractive as just our just George, George, George. George. <laughs> but yes, that's what I was envisioning. Yes, just yeah. had to chime like in. A giant telescope. Apparently, and like though, the Autumn King is hot. Yes. And he's I, very young looking. I don't know why, but I picture him looking as Lucian from I mean, um, Akatar minus the eyeball situation. Yeah, because I guess he has Bryce's red hair, right? Yeah, he has the red hair. So like the long version of Rune's hair because apparently oh. Rune takes after his mother. I would like a visual of the Autumn King. Does fan art of, exist of that? I just need to see it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to throw it out to you. I we'll, bet you it is Lucian. I bet you it's there. We'll throw it up on in IG and you guys can tell us, yes, no, this is what you pictured, not which picture. So the Autumn King puts Rune on a mission. All of a sudden it comes to him and he's like, you know what? That horn went missing two years ago. I want you to find it because like calls to like and you're a Starborn Fae. This is made by the Starborn Fae. You should be able to find this. So get on it, boy, is what he tells him. Bryce and Hunt, well, does their little Nancy Drew case stuff go off on the right foot? No. Because Bryce is really annoyed and they have this little like grumpy sunshine moment because he's assigned to her personal protection. He stays across the roof from her apartment and just kind of like peers at her. She flips him off a lot. She's blasting music so he can't hear her. She's walking around her bra and underwear just to taunt him. She closes the curtains. Like it's just like this whole little thing that they're doing. One of my favorite parts is that he's walking like he has to follow her on the street, which is great because she's got like her little dog. Well, her little chimera shrinks, steering, steering, syrinx, syrinx. There we go. And she's just like zigzagging as she walks, and he has to follow her zigzaggy walks. And I was also watching Queen Charlotte at the same time, and it reminded me of Brimsley when she's like walking and then stops. Five faces behind. And then, like, yes. And then she like goes to this side, and he follows and goes to that side. So it just made me laugh. My favorite part was when her dog like got out of the kennel and just like hopped over to where Hunt was 
um, perched in the other building, bit him, and then fled back <laughs> into the room. And he turns around and he sees her like staring at him through the window. And he's like, like gripped, bit like, him on the like, ass. Yeah, he looks like he's just like playing with his ass. <laughs> She's like, "What the hell, perv?" I um, really love that. Just quick commercial. I just sent a picture of the Autumn King in our text group. All right, um, okay, Daddy, I can. Oh, okay, hold on. Yeah. She actually put okay daddy in the t- I know. But that's a Cistherion. No, it's not. Oh, that's it what is. it says. Again. Well, fine. Therion. Hello, he daddy. Was hot. I call him the hot merman in this these notes a couple times, so there we go. He um, was given. I, I don't know if he's in the next book or he has his own book, but like he was given. Therion? Yeah, he was Ooh, given some I like good him. vibes. Yes, I love him. So Bryce and Hunt are working through any connections between Maximus and Danica and going through a list of suspects and anything unusual that would have happened the night he died. During their little Nancy Drew gang, Bryce goes to meet with Rune, who we learn basically lives in a frat house. Um, with his <laughs> two was, besties. Yeah, like if, if you've been to a frat house, this is exactly how it's described. It's dirty. There's like a beer pong table. There's just like gross, dirty cups. I'm just like, this is not a way to live, Starborn. You know what I mean? Like, class it up, Prince. Get out. You, you can hire someone to clean that shit. Anyway. So <laughs> why they're there, Bryce asks if he knows of any reason why the Viper Queen pulled her people off the streets the night Max was killed because that is Bryce's suspect numero uno. Let's talk about the Viper Queen because we never really talked about her before. She's a veneer shifter who oversees the seedier part of town, kind of like a mafia king running the black market and illegal stuff. When they go to question her, she has an alibi. She gives them a tape. She's like, I was at a three-day orgy. I was like, we don't need to see that tape. <laughs> like, what an alibi, right? We're celebrating my associate's daughter's, like, first light party. First light. Her first drop light. party. And it was an orgy, and they got it on tape. Like, yeah, like, what a and my like, red here, flag would have been, why Why did you know to pull – wait, why did you record this in the first place? And second of all, why do you have a copy ready to go? Why would wouldn't have a- one – Record an orgy. For the memories and good times. You got to keep that in your head, ma'am. Or she's like, you know what? I need to know how that move went down again. Let me see. I got to. We got to recreate. Maybe they have only Faye in Crescent City. (laughs) That's her side hustle. Uh, So the Viper Queen. Feet pics. One of the mermen (laughs) sending these days. Uh, She has an alibi. And she said as a snake shifter, she could taste the danger in the air. So. She's she's not our suspect. We're back to square one. At this point, it's worth noting there's basically two investigations going on. One, we're trying to find Danica's killer, the killer of everyone else left in piles. And then there's the hunt for the horn. <laughs> These two things are happening simultaneously. Left in piles. <laughs> you know, I don't think are. we mentioned it, but I can't remember if it's the end of the book that you find this out or the beginning, but uh, Autumn King has basically tasked Rune with this information because Micah, it's Micah, right? Micah went up to him saying that how, you know, it's crazy that your people lost something that was so valuable to them. And it make, basically means that, like, um, it, it shows that you overall as a population are losing your power as Fae and you've become lesser. And the Autumn King is a pompous asshole and was yep. like, not me, yeah. not I. I'm going to get my prince on that. And sends him on his merry way. Right. And we yeah, find so out at the end that he did that on purpose because if Bryce like couldn't solve this mystery, he wanted Rune to figure it out and he figured someone would. So we have these two investigations going on 
And a lot of the researching and mapping and backtracking happens inside Griffin Antiquities because Jessica, Bryce's boss, has been making her work this whole time. Like, not a day off for our girl, the crime solver. And we get to meet some really fun interactions with our favorite queen, this curvy little goddess named Lehaba. She is a little fire spite, sprite who is also enslaved and was bought by Jessica to guard all the books. So we know Jessica's library has lots of antiquities and old relics, but she's also got a fair amount of banned books and things that are highly illegal. And also like these books, I think of it more of like in Harry Potter when you've got like the book of monsters and like they're all like raggedy mm-hmm. books. You know what I mean? Like they have their like sentient a little bit. And so she's got to keep them in line. Like they tend to fly off the shelves. They want to ex- escape. Yeah, they want to escape. So here are the things that we know and love about Lahaba. So feel free to throw your own in there. She loves the show Fangs and Bangs. Who would like it? I'd watch it. I'd watch that. I'd binge it on Netflix. Uh, she's very proud that her great grandmother, the queen of the fire fi- sprites, fought a long hunt during their uprising that went bad. She's so cute. She just like, and she, oh God, I love her so much. She thinks Hunt is so dreamy and she wants Brycey and Hunt to get it on, but she's also kind of in love with Hunt. So she like flirts with him a little and he kind of flirts back and he like lets her perch on his finger. And it's like, it's just so cute. She also has the hots for Rune Dan and Crawford. Yeah, I was going to say she's in love with Rune. She's who? just of the bulk. <laughs> I love her. Love How long her. did it take you guys to realize that she was a little sprite? Mm, um, not I that realized long. that right away. Yeah, like in like, that first chapter like, when she comes up to like inspect to see what's going on and yeah. Bryce was like, go back to your whatevers. Yeah, because I think she said she was a fire sprite. I right think away. I missed I, – like I went completely over that line and because I was just trying to get through all the world building and I missed it. And so – Yeah, we learned pretty right away she's a little little fire sprite because she mentions that she has like a doll, like a – I picture like a Barbie little sofa that she like sits yeah. on that yeah, Bryce had given her. Bad. That part I figured it out, but I'm talking about like the first like chapter when she's in the Jaceva's place. We first like see her in anyway. Anyway, I gosh, I just love her so much because she just her and Bryce have such an interesting dynamic where like it's like this big sister, little sister kind of thing, and you can't really mm-hmm. tell who's taking care of who because they're just so cute together. Um, all right, so during this investigation time, it's not all fun and games because Lahaba's real cute and all, but we do well, we, they, learn a few things. One, we meet Therion. He is the hunky, flirty mermaid who serves the River Queen and is a policeman of the river, basically. That's what he does. He and Hunt had worked together to solve a case um, a couple months ago, a couple years ago. I don't remember how long ago it was, just in the past. Um, and Rune questions him looking for leaves as the two have worked together. Oh, it was Rune. I thought it was Hunt. It's Rune. No, it was it was Hunt. It was it Hunt? Was, okay. Yeah, yeah, and it was Therian investigating um, his sister's murder. Oh, yeah, that like super personal thing that I'm like, yeah, he was doing something some time ago for someone. Um, If you did not make the connections yet, this is a Therion that Hilda just sent a picture of and said, oh, daddy thinking he was the Autumn King. So, man, he fine. He, but he's all. so flirty with Bryce and like she's so flirty back with him. I love it so much. Like I love a good flirty dynamic. Yes. Um, we also legs. learned that legs. It calls her legs. I died you know? when he said that. I was like, wait, forget Hunt. Forget Hunt. I don't care about Hunt. Give me this man and her. Arion's the man. Um, we also learned that synth is a new street drug that is going around town. It has the power to kind of make you super high. And could also give humans who take it super strength abilities. 
Um, and Danica, suspiciously, was last seen intercepting a big crate of drugs a few nights ago before she was murdered on the river. That's the intel from Therion. There's a couple more murders that are happening with no obvious ties to Danica. More piles. But we also find out that Sabine's mom messed with the footage the night that the horn was missing. So remember, two years ago. Danica's mom, Sabine. Yeah. Who would I say? Sabine's, Sabine's mom. mom. Oh. I was like, she is the mom. Yeah, yeah I don't know who that bitch mom. is. Danica's mom. <laughs> Sabine, Danica's mom, messed with the footage the night the horn went missing. Now remember, this is right before Danica died, maybe like two weeks before. The horn had gone missing. There was a big blackout in the city. There was a big mystery. That's the other mystery we're trying to solve here. But we learned that her mom had messed with the footage because Danica was the one who stole it. And they think, well, Sabine's actions the night her daughter was killed were very suspicious because instead of being like mourning her the, da- the death of her daughter she is flying into accusations accusing bryce of doing anything looking for the star sword that's star basically sword? all she cared about no I, I forget what the name of danica's sword is i feel I like why I was we calling know it the star it. sword that's that's rune sword he has yeah right? that's rune sword that he got from the cave during his ordeal when he was in avalon I don't – I know, know that they the give us the name of Danica's sword, but we know it as Danica's sword. Correct. Um, I so think there looking- is a name. I can look it up while we do this just because now it's going to break right, me. Look it up. So that's the number suspect. That's our next suspect. It wasn't the Viper Queen. Maybe it was Sabine. So Bryce and Hunt go to Sabine, and now they know this is going to be pretty shitty from the get-go, and it, it is. It is a really shitty interaction. They go to Sabine to get more info out, info out of her and see if she was capable of murdering her own daughter. Before they go in, they run into Amelie. Now, Amelie is the next in line to run the pack after Connor. And Amelie talks so much shit to Bryce. And after – you said after Connor. Yeah, wasn't she? Connor was no. the next. So she was – her pack already existed. existed. But she was the head of Danica's and the pack of doubles were like the head wolf pack. And now then I her guess pack after has that, moved up. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's what it was. So Amelie talks a lot of shit with Bryce about her past and the pack of devils and how she treated them and what happened two years ago. And it's really heartbreaking because she really lays into her and poor Bryce just kind of like takes it and is just crumpling with each insult. And it was just really sad to read. Eventually, they get through it and they meet with Sabine, who is freaking pissed that she realizes she's being accused. She admits that she tampered with the footage, but only to protect Danica and her legacy because she knew Danica was powerful, that she could do so well for this earth. And the fact that she died being a thief, she couldn't live with it. So another dead end. It wasn't Sabine. As they continue to dig closer through their investigation, more dangerous things happen because why not? There is another Crystallis demon attack, but this time it's on Bryce and Hunt. They both barely make it out alive. They learn that the demon can nullify your power powers if his venom enters your bloodstream. And Hunt is helped on the scene of the attack by a medwitch who we later – so I'm just going to talk about it now and get her plot line kind of all wrapped up. We later meet is and find out she, it is Hypaxia. Now, Hypaxia – Called it. I did. I texted Hilda. She did. <laughs> I liked in the audiobook, she has like a very posh English accent. So I just – I like that. Now, Hypaxia comes from a, a group. They're not a coven, but like she is the head queen, the ruler now of all the witches. Another subgroup that exists somewhere in Midgard. In the house, from the house of earth and blood. Her mother recently died. Yes. So she's just moonlighting right now as a med witch, just learning out there and getting into the world. Kind of like how Jasmine just goes out into the streets of Agrabah 
to be with the people. That's what Abaxia is doing. Um, she is very knowledgeable and she helps them with the science to isolate the venom and eventually make an antidote. So she is she will be the new queen that is honored in the upcoming summit and she'll play a major role later on, which we'll talk to then. Fun fact, Rune Dannon is engaged to Hypaxia through an arranged marriage. They interact a couple times without really knowing each other. They see each other at the summit and it's like, you, you, it's cute. Like yeah, a little he cute. did not realize who she was, but he she fancied knew. her as a med witch. He was like, wait, who is this girl? And he was intrigued and she knew what she was doing. She knew what she I was, was very doing. excited for that. I hope they get together in the next book. We'll I'm looking at your faces for hints and I we're not giving anything away. Nothing I had away. the same hope too. I thought it was a cute. Well, when you say that, it makes me believe that it's not going to happen in the next book. Shh, stop talking, Hilda. So next, so the next <laughs> thing that happens, it, I don't know if it's the next thing, but it happens during this time period. Maybe my orders are a little bit out of order, but the White Raven is also bombed. We believe it to be the act of the human rebels that are continuously to rebel and in honor of Philip Briggs, who's still in jail. What you need to know is Bryce was there, Hunt was there. They all get out okay, but it's, you know, they were, there was a bombing. It's traumatizing. Oh, you know what? I don't think Bessie was there too. This is what ends up leading Bryce to go to the meat market to get the black salt and summon Adis. Oh, I completely skipped over that whole part. You're right. You're right. This is a big part, and we're just going to talk about it right there. So we learn that when she goes to the Viper Queen's meat market, she buys a bunch of black salt, which is used to pull demons or summon them from hell. Super, super, super dangerous. Hunt is really mad. Super um, legal. Yeah, super legal. Mm-hmm. But what he doesn't tell her, what she doesn't tell him is that they have a prior meeting. So she pulls a- Adius. Is that what we're calling him? Adis. Adis. I call him Adidas in my head. <laughs> so like I know I'm missing you, letters. I really thought you mistyped it on your nose and it was Adidas the entire time. It's just I'm gonna go with like <laughs> autocorrect on that one. My head I call him Adidas. Uh, As do I. Not just you. Adidas? You guys are adding an extra I know. D in there. I know. Okay, you're talking to the girl who calls the guy the, the, Theseus. 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 Still not over Look, that If you one. want me <laughs> to remember these names, make them easier. You know what I mean? So Adidas, we learn, has a prior history with Bryce, which is why she was really not concerned about summoning him. We learn, I'm not quite sure if it's now or later when she explains to Hunt, I knew it was going to be fine because – when I had met with the Oracle many years ago and I blinded her and it was not great, he comforted me in his cat form on like a bench and told her, you know, it'll be okay. Things will yeah. be okay. Yeah, and I was definitely picturing um, Salem from Sabrina. Yes, but like a white because he's a white cat, I think they said tell him. With like big blue eyes. Yeah. But what what is the information that she gets from Adius at this point? Because now I I'm think he a tells her to basically – like stay the course, right? He tells uh, her to go finish that um, ascension. What what's the ascension called? The drop. He tells her the to drop. Do the drop. Oh, make the drop. Yeah, he tells her make the drop and come find me because he has very important information basically to tell her. And she takes it with a grain of salt. She's like, okay, cool, thanks. And she yeah, because it's does the viper not immediately queen. Do it. It's the viper queen who tells her that the answers you seek are closer to home and like they're gonna hurt. But and then she I, starts evaluating. Danica. Danica. Yeah. Yes. It's not, I think Adis basically tells her it wasn't Danica who summoned the demon and you need to make the drop and access your magic. Mm-hmm. 
or at least make yourself um, right. And that, that point does immortal, come up a couple basically. points throughout yeah. the book where they're like, "Why don't you make the drop?" Because as she continues to go down this mystery, they're being attacked, they're being bombed. Like she's still mortal right now. So the things that would that would harm hurt, but not seriously injure Hunt would seriously hurt Bryce. And so there's this constant need to like make the drop, make the drop. You'll be immortal. You'll be, you'll heal faster. Things will be better. And so that comes up. That comes up. And it's not like Bryce is in a position where she is putting herself in her safety first. Like she's not high up in a tower, staying away from anything dangerous. This girl is literally covering her body with like covering herself, using herself as a cover for her friend during a bombing, her friend who has completed the drop and will not be harmed during the bombing. And she's a mere mortal. She's like a, a little reckless. You know, with her she life, is. and I think she's a little. I mean, we knew she was struggling. There's a part I didn't cover in here, but we learned before she had some hard times after Danica's Yeah, her mental death health journey was definitely was a journey. I will say though, what I really always loved about her is that everybody's fascinated with her. Like, mm-hmm. why is Micah trying to hit her up for dates, and then Hunt is like all over her? What? Because girls she got fat ass. You know what I mean? Like, she's sassy. She's curvy. I, would have I thought she was going to be plus team. size based on what like everybody was going on and on about on TikTok. But when I you're talking, she's more mid size. She's mid size. Well, she's not oh, plus yeah. size. Yeah, they made her seem like all all over TikTok. They're like, oh, this is a plus size rep, plus size rep. And I was reading it, and I was like, no, it's not. She's just a normal size person. She's not a ballerina size, which everybody knows is like the thinnest of thinnest, mm-hmm. like very rectangle shaped almost. So yeah, girls got curves and she knows how to she's use got them. Cur- she's like a normal sized person. Like I just want people to like recognize that is normal. 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 I love all I will say I do have all the fan art of her because I think they get her especially well. Mm-hmm. Like she's very sassy and they capture that well. All right. So back to the investigation. Um, Bryce tries to do something nice and goes to get croissants in honor of Danica's birthday because she knew she loved chocolate croissants. She goes over to the bone quarter to have like a moment of solidarity with her friend across the waters. And Amelie from the Wolfpack, being the little that bitch, bitch that she such is. a bitch. Pulls a prank. I don't even know if this is a prank. Like this is just like a mean thing to do. She calls the bakery and she's like, this girl, I don't know how she knew, but this girl's picking up chocolate croissants, right trash in like frosting all over the croissants. So when Bryce opens this up, she is – devastated to have this attack because we learned a little while back or maybe it was right now where she reveals to hunt that like i had to go off social media people made memes of me there was a song just because so much of her life was leaked online like it has not been easy for her and this is just like the nail in the coffin that really upsets her yeah it was like a it was bullying at its worst oh yeah for sure and this cyber bullying there we go off like, this man sees red and was like, I'll take care of it, and, like, flies off into the night. I love a good who hurt you moment. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. So he flies over to Amelie in a bar and roughs her up about it. I'm not going to say he, like, beats her up, but he, like, definitely he goes a full Umbra Mortis. Yes. Well, on he doesn't her. go full because if he had gone full, she'd be dead. She'd be dead. But- Correct. But he goes full scary. You know what I'm capable of. Goes- you knock the shit off right now. He full goes- scary alpha hole. He yes. goes alpha hole, but it's like that silent type. Like, I don't need to say more than I need to because my range of control is enough. Like, you know, I can mm-hmm. fucking snap your neck in two seconds and mm-hmm. I have you pinned against this wall. He gives and- her a couple jolts, doesn't he? Yeah. 
just like electrocutes her a couple times for good measure because he can. Because Hunt has that power. Yes. So he flies over there and tells her to leave Bryce the hell alone. Well, this little incident flare-up does not sit well with Sabine. And she runs over to Micah. Micah calls him in. And while Micah should kill him for this infringement on the wolf pack, Micah only gives him. Oh, this part's so bad. Yeah. Micah gives him. What? Well, I was going to say, Micah gives him the living death. Uh huh. Um, remember, Sabine wants to get back at them for, for accusing, accusing her. her of being the one who killed Danica. So she's like reveling like a pig and shit when she complains to Michael. All about this. You know, she didn't even need a reason. Like, she would have gone after this as a result for anything. Like, she didn't really care that they were accusing her of killing her child because she she's a bitch. And I don't think she ever loved her daughter at all. So I think she's just using any excuse to kind of like lay it into them and get them in I trouble. I think she just really hated Bryce. And I think she was upset that of the two of them, her daughter died, not Bryce. And yes. so I think she funnels all of this hate and anger onto Bryce is her way of grieving, which is not healthy. Yeah. But I think she was also – she was jealous of Danica. Yeah. And power surpassed her own. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think I agree more with your assessment, Caitlin, that she's not, I mean, she's an asshole. I think she did love Danica, but it's a, it's a fucked up love. Fucked up love. So Micah orders the living death, which is basically slicing off the wings of an angel. And even Amelie is like, uh, this is too much. I didn't, like, I didn't complain that much about it. And even she's trying to walk back what she has said. But what's done is done. The wings are cut off. Don't worry. They will grow back. It's just going to be super painful and very itchy and bloody. It's it's gross. Back at the apartment, Bryce is trying to nurse Hunt to health. And they finally have a sexy moment to release all that tension that's been building up. So let's talk about it for a minute. Was it did enough they kiss sexy- before this? Or did we just hop into this? They did. They did have a kiss before this on the rooftop before Sabine came over there and was like oh, talking some shit like about something. Oh, that was a yeah. very cute moment. I was like living for it. And then they got a cock block again. Yeah, that happens a couple times here to them, unfortunately. But yeah, it was it was short-lived. But our girl got what she At needed. At least someone had a happy ending and someone had a very painful ending. And so yeah, during so- their little sexy handwriting moment – Bryce. Exactly what it was. It was. It was. Bryce is on his lap and kind of pushes him against the wall, forgetting in the throws of passion. It was against the couch. It's against the white sofa. Her white sofa. Her white sofa. That uh, she just has wings cut off. So he's like, he grimaces and she's like, oh my God, this is not like a passion grimace. This is like a I'm in physical pain grimace. And she realizes it's been bleeding all over the place. So they kind of like stop. Wait, so really quickly, I think we forgot to mention that Bryce now lives in a really snazzy and nice apartment oh, yes. that Danica left her in her will. And like basically Danica hooked up Bryce with her passing. Yes. And then because they're doing the investigation, Hunt now lives with her because he was living in the barracks wherever the hell all of Micah's people live. And his previous owner is coming for the summit and this bitch decides to show up early and Micah's like not Micah Isaac Isaiah 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 was like look 
I can say that you're officially living here, but like you need to go be off because I know how she affects you. So like if you happen to not be here for a couple of nights, like I'm not going to say anything as long as you're doing your job. Yeah. And then the other thing is. So she after moves in di- with Bryce. Yeah. After another attack, Ruin was insisting that Bryce get protection and he was going to go stay with her. But because their relationship is messed up, she was like, oh, well, I already have protection. This dude, he's going to come stay with me. So it all kind of works out. You know, we love a good forced proximity moment. And that is us. We do. Forced roomies. So reverse, reverse. So sexy moment happens. It was good. It was good. Yeah, it was good. It was a good little moment. It was good. It was not, it was not enough. Not enough. Not nearly enough. For For how big this book is and how much attention and how often... They were interrupted. This was not enough. So after this happened, I was like, oh, this is great. We get like a good, you know, little, oh, here's some details. Here's a little insight to what you will be getting from them. I was wrong. I was fucking wrong because every single time we got close, the man was cock blocked. Every single time. Every single time. Up until the end, really. Oh, yeah. I was... Sorry, Gilly Snee. <laughs> Gilly's making an appearance now. It That's kind of like what really annoyed me. It's like, okay, your book is spicy or it's not spicy. They Don't do a little bit of spice and then just decide to like cock block them for the rest of the time period. That's another reason why I don't think they're endgame. Hmm. Because they got cock blocked? Because she's not willing to write all of the details. So when we had Tamlin and Feyre, we really didn't get much of the detail of them lovemaking or anything like that. So she was saving it for... You know how I feel about that phrase. The fornicating. Better? <laughs> sexy time. The sexy time. Whatever. Um, yeah. That's interesting. How far along into book two are you? I haven't cracked open the page. Okay, because <laughs> right. we, we record that soon, so... Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. get on that. It's Tuesday. We got until Sunday. So after this, Hunt is nursed back to his bed. He goes to sleep, but then shortly is called off for Micah work. You know, an assassination or something is what he tells her. And Bryce gets a text from text from Hunky Mermaid. At this point, says, she doesn't even know that he's gone. You're right. Yeah, she, so- he doesn't, but we find out later. So I'm just talking about it now. We get but a text the betrayal. from. Yeah, go. Sorry. From Hunky Merman, the descent feels going down on the river, and she should come over here now because these are clues. And she's like, I don't know where Hunt is, but I'm going to go. Um, so they overhear, Therian takes her out to the river. They overhear hear the deal going down, and they're thinking, we're going to catch Danica's killer. This is how we're going to get it. Instead, shock of all shocks, we find Vittoria, Justinian, who you have not heard us say these characters prior but just know they are members of the 33rd they work closely with hunt so closely in fact that they are still working with him at this moment because it is victoria justinian and hunt that are on the river making a deal a drug deal with the viper queen yeah and they're all part of micah's triari which mm-hmm. is basically his like his top leaders. commandos yeah yep yep and they're all previous rebels or so current rebels i guess well, yeah, they were previously rebel. They're now indebted with the SQPK, whatever. The tattoo on their wrists that say that they're... Victoria was a slave. I don't remember if Justinian was. Justinian was. Was he? Okay. Because yep. I know I know I think. Isaiah is. I know for sure Victoria was. I can't say with certainty that Justinian was. So immediate reactions to the betrayal. 
Go. How'd you feel? I I was stunned and devastated. Yeah. Did anyone suspect it? No, no. I didn't suspect it. Did anyone assume that there was going to be some sort of blow up between him and Bryce? I thought that they were going to get into a huge fight. Like, I thought that she was going to be super pissed at him. I I think I vaguely remember texting Hilda that I – it was, like, part of my, like, I don't think they're going to end up being a couple, but I was just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. I was like, something is too perfect here, and, like, I know things kept coming up. But I was very shocked to find him on that boat. I was very shocked, and I was very also hurt. <laughs> like, yeah. how dare you do this to us, Hunt? Well, After I felt happens, really bad for Bryce. Like, Bryce was really hurt because she had just – finally decided that she can be with Hunt and that they when they had their little you know finger writing moment we we kind of left off all the lovey-dovey moment shit we did we where, covered skipped right over all that where, where he basically they they like form this relationship and then it becomes like a camaraderie like this is you're my partner I'm looking out for you and then suddenly it turns into like you're more than that you're my friend and then they go from friend to like I can be with you, but they never say the word lover. And they're basically like, we can make a future together. We just have to live through it. We have to live to get to the point to where we can be together. And that same night, she gets an orgasm, turns around, goes off in the middle of the night thinking that her man is in bed healing because she just she rid him to the point where he, oh, she opened up his wounds on his back. And so she thinks, I'm going to leave him, let him rest because, you know, I really love him. I want him to be healthy and he doesn't need this right now. To find him on a fucking boat dealing drugs, buying drugs for a cause, for his ex-girlfriend, mm-hmm. his lover, his ex-lover, mm-hmm. like the woman that he lived and breathed for before Bryce. Wow. Wow. Right. So the reasoning so- behind this is <laughs> – that the angels thought they could rebel again and overthrow their enslavers because synth gives humans fae-like abilities. And this would be a huge help with the human rebellion when they use it on the fae. They get the super strength or they, they would get super strength and it would even the playing field a little bit. On the reverse side, when fae take it, they also get super strength, but then they go insane and tear themselves apart. We learned in some footage. So, if you're Which is what happens to Huh, Danica. that sounds familiar. It does indeed, and we'll get to that in a second. While Bryce is beyond stunned and betrayed like we all felt because Hunt knew more than he was letting on, and we thought that they had this very – like you said, a relationship where like they were opening up to each other and they open thought they and had – Open and truthful, t- yeah. Open and truthful, and it was not that way. And now she's thinking, did he have more to do with Danica's death than he led her to? Has he been leading her along all this time? Has she been helping him? You know, everything's going to her head. To make matters worse, Micah appears at the drug deal, and we learn the whole thing was just a setup to catch them. He knew this was happening the entire time. So I want to point out a couple of things. One, before this, Bryce found a thumb drive and Danica's jacket that she wears all the time. And that had Danica's security work that she did for Redner Industries. And that's where we find out how Danica knew about the synth and the experiments that they were running on the synth. And she saw videos of Veneer, 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 whatever, being (laughs) taking the synth and getting that super strength, but then going insane and tearing themselves apart. Hunt watched that video. Flash ribbons. So after 
while the drug deal was going down, he was trying to pull out of it, but they had already gone too far. The Viper Queen wasn't going to let them pull out of the deal. Also, between Victoria, Justinian, and Hunt, they're like, you know what? We are still done with the fucking Asteri and with Micah. It's not just about rebelling against them for the sake of rebelling. It's because the power structures and the hierarchies that they have established are fucked up and we're done with them. A noble cause, you know, just a bit not the right time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they got caught and things did not go well. Justinian crucified. Crucified, hung up in the continuum, I think is what it's called. Comidium. Comidium. There we go. Comidium, which is like their barracks, their big FBI Langley building kind of situation. And Victoria, because she's a wraith and she can assume any body form, um, her essence is ripped from her body and shoved into a box. Now, her box of her being is placed below Justinian's crucifixion where blood just drips on her. Yeah. All day for and a couple days until he dies. Then dropped. she's thrown into a trench. Like the Marianas Trench, the deepest trench in right. Midgard. Thrown into a trench where she'll just go insane in a box for God knows how long. It made for me eternity. think of a Malice and Greed when you have the... the Kira. Thank you. Kyra. Kira, Kyra. The genie in a bottle going insane in her bottle. Genie in the bottle, baby. Except no one's going to let her out. No um, one's going to rub her the right way. <laughs> No one is. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, Bryce got rubbed the right way before all this shit happened. Before her heart Thankfully. exploded. And then Hunt is sold back to Sandriel, who, remember, is his dead lover's twin sister. They killed her. So Sandriel killed Jahar, whom Hunt loved. Um, Jahar is from Aladdin. <laughs> Jahar. Shahar. She said Shahar. Shahar. I thought oh. I heard Jahar. I was oh. like, yeah. <laughs> wrong one. And also tortured him. For years before he yes. was sold to Micah. So who had it worse? I think Victoria did personally. Like Bryce did, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. Being thrown into the trench. Like that's I all these know. guys have like really painful but short lived when you compare it to being thrown in a trench for all eternity in a box. I don't know, man. Bryce almost like stepped off of a roof because she was so lonely. And then the one person she let in just literally betrayed just her. betrayed her and destroyed her heart. Okay. Well, you let us know who you think had a burst. I still think it's Victoria, but fair, fair. Brace did have her thought ripped or her her heart ripped from her. Also, I don't really care about the other girl because or guy. What is it? Victoria? Victoria and Justinian. Um, I really don't care about her, but well, I didn't we care don't know. I just thought it was, you know. Exactly. I don't know up. them. I know Bryce. I know what Bryce has been through, so like I'm always team Bryce. But because Bryce is a good person and she still cares for this man Hunt, Fury lets it slip on a phone call that – and she just wanted her to know because Fury's got connections everywhere – that Hunt was sold back to Sandriel as punishment and Bryce tries to save him and it backfires in front of Sandriel and Sandriel reveals to everyone in the continuum – what? What? Comidium? The Comidium. I keep calling Continuum, the Comidium, and reveals to everyone that she is the daughter of the Autumn King. Bum, bum, bum. Not just the niece that everyone's been playing around, but Rune Dannon's half-sister. And she reveals it because she offers her life instead of Hunt. So she goes in there, charges, and is like, don't take him, take me. Like, I want to trade lives. Well, His sentence before she does that, 
she tries to bargain for him for like 10 million marks, is it? And she also gives her one of the last remaining Arcadian right. amulets, which is which what she's been are wearing. Supposed to be protection. Sandriel melts that. Like the bitch she is. And and like, I see this very priceless artifact and I'm going to melt it because it means nothing to me, like you do. She refuses the money and then that's when Bryce is like, I offer I give myself. myself. And she's and like, Sandriel's I know your like, little secret. What a prize you'd be, little exactly. daughter and then of the autumn. comes. And he's like, by Faye Law, she doesn't belong to herself. She belongs to me and my father, and she can't make this bet. It's off. It's off the table. And this is revealed in front of everyone, including everyone. Hunt. And Hunt is like, holy shit. And he tries to be like, I'm going to be mean to her and tell her to fuck off so she doesn't come running after me because I'm trying to save her. Noble effort. You know what's really me fucked back up? back to our man, Orion. Orion doing the same thing to Blue. You know how... I don't think we talked about it in the podcast, but when they became friends, she like made fun of him for not having anything on his phone. And so he started taking pictures of her throughout the day Mm -hmm. and of their like lives together and of like food and art and things that brought him joy. And then when he got put into prison after he has failed rebellion and they put his entire phone album on repeat on a slideshow for him to watch. So he's been watching happy moments of Bryce from when she first met him to where she didn't have any life in her eyes to like the last moments before they got caught where she was finally happy looking on repeat on loop. Damn. Yeah. The life that they could have had. I will say, I will say that I appreciate that while he tried to be mean to her, that that didn't lead to a larger miscommunication trope because that would have driven me nuts yes i agree but you know what also drives me insane that it took her two seconds to forgive hunt and hop on her little plan to go save his life and she still could not apologize or not any, not apologize apologize is the wrong word she could not accept rune's apology i know she's so hard on him the secret dick man she's not getting dick from rune she well she can get something exactly exactly she's not getting dick from him not gonna forgive him as quickly oh my god it's been like 10 years and whatever blowout fight that they had it came down to like something that he said which he believes that was like the reason but she has other reasons as well well exactly Um, that's I think that's the bigger thing. That's the bigger reason why. But also, I was just like, this guy literally broke your heart, betrayed you, and all this stuff. And it took you two seconds to be like, whoop, I didn't give up on Zanika. I'm not going to give up on Hunt. But you give up on Rune. Your blood and flesh. Dick Tuttle Vision. (laughs) Then explain her love for Danica. I mean, it starts with a D, but it's not Dick. (laughs) First of all, it's. Danica. Danica, <laughs> Danica, then, tomato, tomato. You're, it's <laughs> best friends and dick. You don't compare that. Remember, hoes before bros. <laughs> yes. Um, good point. Hold on. Good point. Ain't no one talking to you, Or Siri? actually, no, it's chicks before dicks. Hoes before go. bros. Chicks before dicks. I it's supposed to be bros before, before bros. It's supposed to be bros before hoes and chicks before dicks. Yeah, but yeah. I sw- whatever. Same thing. Your hoes. 
over bros. I cho- we choose you. Yes. Girl squad over the boys. Got it. Okay. So Sandria reveal, reveal, Sandriel reveals to everyone that she's the daughter of the Autumn King. Hunt pulls her away. And preparations continue for the, the summit. It happens. The Asteri, they're all brought together. So you've got just a playing field of who's in this room. You've got Sandriel who's brought Hunt. This is sort of like the, we're making this stop before I take you back to torture you. So we're hanging out at the summit because she has to attend. You have the Autumn King. You have Hypaxia, the new queen of the witches. witches. You have uh, Jessica as a representative from the House of Flame and Shadow. You have- yeah, she's representing the Under King. The Under King. The Autumn King, Rune. Rune and his friends, Declan, Flynn, they're all there. The Prime and Sabine The and Prime and Amelie. Sabine. Micah and his remaining triari, which I think is just Isaiah at this point. But anyway, there's a lot of hierarchy in this room. Sandriel's also there with her triari. So basically, it's like the city leaders and their next, like their next level of leaders. Yes. Yeah. And Sandriel is there as the witness to make sure everything's running smoothly. So when they have these types of events, someone from a different continent comes to oversee. To the represent Asteri. the Asteri. Right. So the so, Asteri Zoom call in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Asteri Zoom call in. Someone throws up because like the power is too much and they're just creepy. They say hello. It's like they all come on. They're like, hello, start the meeting, blah, blah, blah. And then like peace out. Like that's all you get from them. It was um, giving me very like Hunger Game vibes when, you know, the video yes. of like the Capitol video comes in and they, they're talking about all this stuff and you're just like. We live in poverty. <laughs> it was just – it's weird. It reminded me of that movie and I can't remember the name. I think it's like The Eternals. It wasn't that great of a movie. But you've got like the six powerful Eternals and they're like – whatever. Anyway, they come in. They say hello. It's creepy. They zoom out. <laughs> zoom call ended. A Siri out. So – the, the summit gets going. Everyone's arguing about trading borders and who needs to supply more war people to fight the humans, yada, yada, yada. Micah mysteriously leaves. Now, this is weird and noted by all that an archangel is leaving the middle of the summit. Something's off. Something's weird. His summit. Not just yeah. any summit. His summit. His summit. And also this, this summit is like three hours away from Crescent City by foot and like one hour by aerial. So – it's suspicious. It's not like a – I forgot my phone charger at home. Let me run back and grab it. Like this is a, a noted absence. So I will say from this point on until the end of the book to me is your marathon of action where it is It's a is typical SJM. Typical SJM, which I love her for, but it is just back to back to back to back. The pacing is intense from here on out. So bear with us as we go into what happens next. Immediately after Micah's mysteriously leaves, everyone is immediately on edge. Hunt, Rune, the Autumn King, the wolves, basically anyone that can do anything is very far away from Crescent City, which is important to note because shortly after he leaves, Jessica receives a panic text that Micah has arrived at the library where Bryce is. So remember, anyone that could help her, gone. Jessica because she had a very extensive library of stuff happening there, has tons of security footage there. So she enlists Rune's friend, Declan, I believe it is, Declan, yeah, to patch into the feeds and see what's happening. Which Project everything that's happening in the, the library. To the entire room. So all the angels, the triari, the heads of state, everyone is there watching this happen in real time. So from here on to the end of the book, everyone is watching what's happening on these camera feeds. So what happens next? 
Bryce is panicked. She knows shit's about to go down. She starts texting Jessica, are the feeds on? Please help me. And she's clocking the feeds and notably making eye contact with the cameras, knowing that I need you guys to see this. So Micah acknowledges that the library holds ancient text from before the Asteri. And this library is definitely a one-way ticket to execution because it is the great library of Parthos. The books are proof of what time was like before the rifts were open. And Bryce is trying to play this off. She's like, I don't know, man. I just work here. Why are you really here? Micah reveals that he knows Danica stole the horn and that she ground it up into a powder and got it tattooed with on Bryce's back. Remember, before Danica dies, shortly after that, the horn goes missing. Danica and Bryce get super drunk. She gets a tattoo on her back, which Danica tells her is through love all is possible in some ancient language. But that tattoo on her back is actually the language of universes with instructions to activate the horn with a blast of power. So, therefore, Danica just made Bryce the horn because through witching that was tattooed on her back, it is absorbed. It doesn't matter what form the horn is in, just that it is now in Bryce. He also reveals that he injected Danica with the synth because she hid the horn from him instead of handing it over. He had kind of learned what she was getting into in Redner Industries held it over her, enlisted her to find the horn, and instead of handing it over, he, she, Danica, put, placed it with Bryce to keep it safe. Um, he was using the Crystallis demons to hunt for the horn, which is why anyone who came in contact with Bryce was sort of attacked. Bryce was hidden, and Danica counted on this, that from the Crystallis attacks because she was wearing the Archesian... Archesian. Archesian amulet. And the night that had she'd taken it off when Sandrio melted it, that night was also an attack on her, which we skipped over, but she made it out. It's fine. Rune saved her. We're all good. Can I just uh, make I, one quick note? I So they made it seem that Danica was addicted to synth. Yeah. But actually, she was stopping that shipment on the river because she knew how bad it was. But because she was stopping the shipment and she had the shipment in her possession, Micah was then blackmailing her and saying... Mm-hmm. I'm going to make it seem like you're selling this unless you get the horn for mm-hmm. me. So just to clarify, Danica never used synth. She was never a synth addict like they tried to make her out to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think Micah realizes who has the horn or who is the horn because he was looking at the footage of the entire Sandro hunt and Bryce showdown in his quarters and when she took off the necklace, he saw the tattoo and I guess a glimpse of the power in it and he realized what it actually was. And that's why he's well, hunting her down now. It was when it's because the demon attacked her after she had taken off the amulet. It was like a combo so put, of it. He put like two and two together. Yeah, he realized yeah. the only thing that had changed between before and then was that she took off that amulet and that the amulet must be blocking some of that power. This comes as a shock to Rune because remember, his dad told him light calls to light. You should be able to find this, and which is why his dad, the Autumn King, and Micah had all tasked him with trying to find the horn. So he's even shocked to find out. He's like, anytime I went looking for the horn, I was drawn to Bryce. I thought it was just because she was helping me or something in the library, but it was Bryce this entire time. So Bryce is leading Micah through this confession, which everyone in the room is now seeing through these video feeds. Micah reveals that he wants to use the power of the horn to open the rifts to use the armies that would come through from the other worlds to wipe out the rebels once and for all. Basically, he's over their shit. 
He's like, we can take this down. I'm doing it now. That's also assuming that the other armies would just like fall under his command and do as he yeah. says and not try to wipe him out. A lot of his assumptions excuse, from our guys. Yeah. His other excuse was, I don't want the war coming to me. To Valbara. The, to right. Valbara and destroy Valbara the way that Pangera has been destroyed. Yes, that's his So his noble, reasoning. but not really. Delusional. Noble, like, delusional. Like a man Very in delusional. power yeah. could think I'm the only one that could solve this. Well, also, let me just wipe out the humans. Yeah. Which is part of his continent, like a good portion of yeah. his. He's very Nazi like when you think about it. They're very like, totally. we're just going to, yeah, we're going to wipe them out. Fuck that guy. So we yeah, learned fuck earlier, that fuck that guy, major fuck that guy, but he's going to get what's coming to him in like the most delicious way possible. So we learned previously that Synth again has healing properties. And because the horn was broken, he believes that if he injects Bryce with the hint, the, the Synth, it'll heal the horn that's tattooed on his back enough for him to throw his own power behind her and that's what he does so when he injects her the clock starts ticking ticking because remember it's going to give her the superhuman ability because she's part fae but it's also going to make her go insane which is what happened when he did this to danica he injected danica after hiding the horn she went insane ripped the pack of devils to to shreds and then turned on herself so from this point on please note the clock is ticking until bryce goes insane and rips her herself i was straight up sweating through this and from like this part of the book on to the end like lots of time bombs happen here like we have lots of like short time things we need to work within so he injects bryce with the synth like we said and the clock starts sinking bryce uses a book from a bubble to kind of protect her from micah um from coming at her and trying to use the power of the the synth but micah knows the only way to get her out of this little protective bubble that emerges from a book because they're like sentient and protect themselves is that he takes what he loves from her which is syrinx and chucks syrinx into the nox tank to get her to move out of its protection knowing that she would try to save syrinx now i don't know if we talked about it in part one but a nox is kind of like a kelpie think of this big giant tent with this like kelpie creaturey thing that's got teeth and it can't be we did to air. because that was the one question hilda had yeah. about the book <laughs> what's the difference between a nox yes. and a kelpie so the nox it, it's not good for poor little syrinx who cannot swim so bryce of course tries to get out of the bubble to go save syrinx he micah ends up blasting her with his power through the horn she survives what he's expecting to come out of this i'm not sure but he's like, huh, interesting. Nothing really happened. There is like this big whoosh of air. There is some like dramatic flare that happens when he does this. But for all intents and purposes, what he can tell right now is like, I don't think I opened the portal. I guess he thought it would open right there. But he can tell. So he's like, interesting. I'll just have to cut it off your back now. Bryce opens another book and a green blast of light knocks him back. Lily, who is there for this entire thing, uses another book to shove him back further into the bathroom where they lock him in. This buys him time to go save Syrinx. So Bryce saves Syrinx in a pulse-pounding rescue and a face-off against the Nox. And everyone is, again, everyone is watching this happen on all the screams. So the interjection between they're being like, swim faster, seeing the, the Nox coming at her from the screens and Bryce living it. Like, it's just, it's very And trying to, like, to get read. the Fae auxiliary that's still in town activated and out to go Help to go her, help but her. at the same time, they're like, what the hell are those fuckers going to do against an archangel? Right. So 
there's this just juxtaposition of two things happening. They're in shock and horror of what they're just witnessing and like also, oh my God, we need to help her. So Bryce ends up saving Syrinx. In the battle, she's gotten this huge wound from the Nox right down her thigh. So she's trying to escape with Leary and Syrinx, but she's moving too slow thanks to the big gash in the Nox. And this is where we have the most heartbreaking scene of this book, what we call is Lahaba's Last Stand. So Lahaba sees her going along and she's looking at Bryce trying to hobble up the stairs with Syrinx. She looks to the right. She sees that Micah is trying to escape from this bathroom and she realizes, I need to buy her time. She, we are both not making it out of here alive, but Bryce can make it out of here alive. So Lily says, I will buy you time. And there's this wh- horrible heart-wrenching moment. <laughs> <laughs> so what you can't just see just happen is Hilda lit a match for the fire sprite. And it's just blowing a big match. Oh, that has gone out now. And that went out just like the light in her eyes. Just like the light in her eyes. So... Like, What's even heartbreaking Lily. to know, one match out for Lily, is that Bryce had freed Lily the week before. Remember, she was enslaved. She says, Lily, you don't have to do this. I traded for your life. You're a free person. You can come with me. We can get out of here. But Lily knows. I was going to throw you a party. I was going to throw you a party. She's like, I traded for you. And Lily says, let the world know my first act of freedom was to save my friends. Sobbing. Oh, and Lily being the girl that she is, she goes, I know. I found the paperwork in your drawer. I know. I know. She knew this entire time. So what happens here, again, heartbreaking. So she does what she said she was going to do. She bri- buys Bryce time. She goes over to the Knox tank and she starts repeating, my friends are with me. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid this because I'm saving my friends. And this entire time she's saying this mantra, cry. she is sobbing i am sobbing because everyone is watching this whole thing go down and everyone is like oh my god they know what she's going to do so lahaba is chanting over and over my friends are with me i'm not afraid i am the queen the the great granddaughter of the queen who was a famous fire sprite so she's chanting this over and over and all the while building up all of her power because what she's going to do is when she gets enough of her might, and at the right time when Micah storms out of the bathroom, she places a hand to the tank of the Nox, which is this huge, like, swimming pool-like tank glass of water. It's like when you go to an aquarium and they have, like, a full-on display. Think of, like, the fish displays. That's what Like where they have the sharks. Yeah. Yeah. Or the whales. Yeah. Huge tank. She places her little fiery hand to it, and in doing so, breaks the glass, which unleashes all of the water into the tank and the force of which shoves Micah back um, back into the bathroom where he's kind of diluted with water. I just um, want to say, by in doing so, right, extinguishes Lahaba, the fire sprite, like dipping a match in water, they say. She's just gone. Yeah, and earlier in the book, they mentioned that like if she gets wet, she perishes. Mm-hmm. So as soon as she went up on that class – and it's heartbreaking because crying. as they realize like the people again everyone is watching this happen and so when they realize what she's trying to do all of the angels the 33rd rise and they rise to honor the smallest member of their house and they like salute her by putting a hand over their heart and hunt does it too and it's just like everyone realizes her sacrifice and it buys bryce the two minutes she needs 
to be able to make this impossible shot. Because remember, her stepdad was Randall Salago, this famous sharpshooter from the human army. She's a badass. He taught her everything she needs to know. And she says it in this book. Like everything he had taught her, all the trainings, all the sharpshooting was for this exact moment. So Bryce – Hold on really quickly. What makes the salute from the angels so powerful is that the sprites were kicked out of the house of Mm -hmm. Sky and Breath. And they were considered lesser vanier. And they lost their place because of the rebellion. So for them to honor her, that was really touching. And really Um, meaningful. Yeah. So two, even though Randall is human, he does... He fights for the Asteri because he's part of those armies. He wasn't a rebel. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Or he would be dead. So imagine like if you've ever watched anything on like FX or whatever, you know, those high intense movies where there's a command center and everyone's watching Mm -hmm. the entire events go down and you have people on like head like phones kind of giving commands, kind of watching the last breath, the last take, the last stand. Oh, and it's one-way communication. So they can see, but like they can't interact with anyone. So they're just watching this whole thing happen. So what happens is, and honestly, I I hope this gets picked up by a TV show because this this last 20% of this book would be a cinematic masterpiece. From starting with the summit to the end, like I could picture it so well in so my well. head, which is like I, I think one of SJMs is like um one of the best things about her is that whenever she writes, she's able to project into people's minds. Like you can see this on the TV screen. Like in a your very head. cinematic experience as mm-hmm. you're reading it. And the tension and the way that it's worded, it just builds up every single piece of dialogue and every action just continues to add to the tension. And it's just going to be a great, a great piece of television, <laughs> I think, whenever it's picked up. It reminded me of a lot of from this point on. Remember the last, the second to last episode of Game of Thrones when it's like the. What are the night people called? The White Walk- the, the White, White Walkers. Walkers attack Winterfell. And the night before everyone is like an and explosive the night- sneeze. Did I <laughs> No, you did didn't I get turn- it. It's the night before the Winterfell attack and like that whole scene of TV. Like I just remember everyone was like a nail biter, like, oh my god, who's gonna die? That's how I feel like the same stress reading this whole thing happened. So as he's forced back by the the run of water. She makes a fake diversion that it looks like she's going outside, but she actually does. She runs into Jessica's office where she has displayed this rifle called the God Slayer rifle. And it is all dissembled and she is throwing it together, building it piece by piece. She goes into the safe. She knocks back something, which we later find out is the antidote that Hypaxia had given her to combat because remember, the she's synth, not taking yeah. Tybon because the synth is going to turn her insane. So she knocks back that Again, not knowing if it works or not. And she takes this gigantic bullet out that's called Memento Mori, like remember you will die. And she is running down the hallway, putting this thing together like a badass, slides down, lines up her shot just as Micah comes into view and shoots him through the skull as he's looking through her fake diversion thinking she escaped. Because he's an archangel, it looks like time and everything slows down as this happens. So it's happening in slow-mo. The people in the room feel it. Like the world feels the death of this This happens. So it's very dramatic. But I love that she's like, I am taking no chances because you are a veneer. You can magically hear yourself. She shoots him through the head. Then she takes Danica's sword and she like fruit ninjas him, slices him left and right. Like <laughs> straight down. <laughs> she just said <laughs> You're not <laughs> wrong because the visual was there. I just yeah. did not even say. <laughs> I appreciate the reference from the 2010. She cleaves him in half. She cleaves him in fourths. Like she is just chopping him up to bits and pieces. Then, because she's leaving no chances, she takes a gas can, 
lights him on fire. She flambes <laughs> him. So he's been shot. He's, he's been, been barbecued. <laughs> barbecued. He's, he's been, been shot, shot sliced, barbecued. In like the span of uh, like a minute. But here's the best part. Hit them with the end. The best part is she's like, I, got, I, I made a mess. So she goes over to the supply closet, <laughs> vacuums up his she ashes, hoovers him. <laughs> hoovers him. And you know everyone is watching this and they're like, oh my <laughs> God. The disrespect. She just but like also the disrespect and the immense respect for what everything she's just done. <laughs> this powerful archangel <laughs> is literally a pile of dust. And uh, he was killed. And then she threw him day, in the dumpster. Not by veneer. He was killed by a half veneer, half mortal like respect. And so immediately everyone is just like, holy shit, <laughs> that went down. And that was at the I most think hunt was like, yeah, I fucking love this girl. <laughs> That is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And then everyone's also horrified, like, oh, my God, she just killed an archangel. Like, this is really, 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 really bad. Vacuumed him up. Vacuumed him up. Now, (laughs) normally that would probably be really, really bad. But it turns out as they're like, oh, my God, what happened? And, you know, I think someone comes and she's like, don't worry. There was like a small fire. Nothing to see here. Like, keep it casual. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. Because Micah did actually open gates. Not just one, a portal, but he used all the gates in the city. So remember, we talked about those old ancient communication systems, the gateways. There's seven of them throughout the city. All of those have opened up and not just to other worlds, but like the demons of hell are all now rushing through. Like One L. One L. <laughs> L, one L. Are all hell. rushing through. Hell. And they're attacking the city. <laughs> the summit room is a mess with everyone shouting orders because, again, all of the high-level people are there. So what's left is kind of like your B and C squad. So that's what's left to defend the city. It's a mess with everyone shouting orders. The Assyri order brimstone missiles to be deployed. And again, a countdown is on before it hits the city. Now, I call this Bryce's Sarah Connor's error from Terminator, where she's just mm-hmm. like walking down the street, pumping a shotgun that's one-handed. exactly what I would picture. And she is just like, Everyone has to be safe. Like, I can't believe he did this. I am going to help them. I'm taking this on. And so what she does is she's basically holding the city, fighting off demons left and right. She runs back to her apartment, like tucks. I love this part. She like tucks in searing, like gives him lots of food, lots of water, like puts him in blankets. And she's like, mommy, we'll be right back. And like runs off (laughs) with like all of his ammo that she stashed that he had put in the apartment and runs out to the city to help hold open the shelter. So I guess like a siren's going off. It's chaos. The shelters are being closed. They're not letting humans in. So Bryce calls in to hunt in the summit and was like, you've got to open the doors. Like, get everyone there. Where is everyone? Again, it's – they're not – their top squads are there. So they're trying to give them orders. Everyone's kind of defending their own territories like we spoke about earlier. So the wolves are kind of protecting the wolves. The fae have their all – their protections and enchantments set up and that's where the auxiliary has to go. But no one is helping the humans. And Bryce is horrified. So she's like, I will do this. I will hold it. So she runs over there. She's batting off demons left and right. Um, she's screaming into the phone, send anyone, send anyone. Sabine is refusing. She's like, these are orders. The hunt, the, pul- the the pack has to stay guarding who they do. These are the protocols. The Autumn King's saying the same thing as Rune is refusing. Like, why aren't we going to help her? Someone has to help her. Because now they've patched into the city feeds and they're watching all the cameras that are happening there. Ethan, you remember as Connor's little brother, hears her this cries hurt. of help. Because they're all kind of patched into communications together. And he's like, I'm coming, Bryce. I'm coming. So he and the the wolves – and it's worth mentioning too because I thought this was like really impactful. Like any animal that with magical powers 
also comes running to help Bryce save the city and help the humans get to the shelters because no one is helping them. So when Ethan is, I guess, being second, no, the third, I guess, because the other girl was the second. He's Emily's beta. Beta. So Mm -hmm. he basically told Sabine in like whatever way that, no, I'm not listening to your orders. I'm going to take my people and we're going to go protect the humans because the humans and the kids, the kids specifically, Mm -hmm. like their mentality as animals with powers is always like protect the young ones because they don't have the powers to protect themselves. And that is literally what Bryce was doing. She was protecting those who could not offer them like protect themselves. What really got me was Grandfather Wolf, the prime where he looks he f- he's been like sleeping, snoozing the entire summit, and he wakes up a, show. <laughs> a tiny bit, and he looks at the cameras, and he says he sees Bryce, and he goes, "A true wolf." One liner, one liner hits because Sabine, who we you know wants to be that true wolf, is not because she's not doing the thing that is protecting all the other people. She's ordered her people to go somewhere else. He's like, "No, that's a true wolf," and she's like, yeah. "No, you just sense like the sword she's you're, using." She's down. like, "You're senile. That's that Danica. That's her like, best no. friend. That's the wolf." And he goes, "Nope, that that's a true, true wolf in spirit." So what happens is. Bryce is running interference for everyone trying to make it to the shelters. Yeah. Even she, the Viper Queen sent her people to help protect the humans. And Bryce. And so Bryce gets everyone into the shelter. She kind of tricks Ethan into saying, I'll be right there. But ultimately, the shelters, I imagine this like really thick yeah. concrete door, garage door just comes down, slams shut, and she's left on the city. Everyone else is in shelters. It's Bryce and the demons. That's basically who's left. Here's this coming is- the part that <laughs> – Tore me up. I, I I mean, I've been weeping since Lahaba's death. Like, I remember I called you guys again. I'm like, I can't. She freed her. I'm crying. I reread it again, the ending to refresh myself for this podcast, crying again. Like, pretty much from here on out, I'm just weeping. So Bryce realizes, I have to go save the city. I, I think I can do this. And she makes one last call into the, the room for everyone no, no, there. No. She calls Hunt's cell phone going to leave him a message because she did not think that he would have his phone. Mm. And he hears the phone ringing and everyone's oh, like, where's this phone coming from? And Sandra had the phone the entire time because she purchased Hunt from Micah. And Rune is like, give him the fucking phone. So Sandra gives him the phone and he picks up and he's like, hello. And she's like, Hunt, it's you. And so she starts doing her goodbyes and she says, tell What's her fond best friend name? Juniper. Tell Juniper, if you hadn't shown up that day when I was on top of the roof, I would have stepped off of it. Tell my brother that I accept this apology and all this stuff. And then she goes through every single person in her life and says what she has to say. And then she tells, I don't even remember what she tells Hank because I'm so fucking boo I'm going to cry about it right now. Listen, you talk about it. So she goes through the whole list and she's like, I tell Rune, I'm sorry. I did what I did to protect him. And- Everyone is hearing these things and just taking it in and just- and what she tells Rune is kind of like a hint of why, of like what her power is, which we weren't really catching on at that point. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I was oh. looking for my phone because I was like, <laughs> I, I have to figure out what she said to Rune. Now it's going like, to bug me. It's well, what fly. she says to Hunt too is like, um, I was waiting for you. I was waiting for you in my heart. Like I've been waiting. You guys and- stop. <laughs> we all cry. So it's it's brutal. And she's making her last call to everyone because she's like, this is my last stand. Yeah. There, there's no one left to protect the city. I can do this. And we don't really know why. Like, we don't know why right now. So she gets to um, the gate and she realizes she's kind of hyping herself up. And she <laughs> starts – I know, we're all teary-eyed. 
so she starts using she unleashes her secret so we know that she is the heir to she is the autumn king's daughter what we also don't know is that she uh, is the heir to the starborn fae and she has that immense powerful light thea's light i think it is has been put passed down through her lineage so where rune we mentioned before has like a tiny a drop she has got it the full she beam. has the full star the, f- the full star, the full beam. And so she is going to use that power to close one gate. She's like, I think I can do this. Blast enough power to close it. So she says, I am Bryce Quinlan. I am the heir to the Starborn Fae. And she starts building this big light coming out of her chest. In that moment, we get a flashback. We had a couple flashbacks. One time she had used this previously when Danica and her were in a bad place. They got in some trouble in college. And she used that light to blind and then shoot the guys that were going to kill her. When she was younger and her mom and Randall were running from the forces of the autumn king she used it again to harm blind his henchmen brian the henchman and then when the oracle did her future telling the oracle was blinded because she had this light and she didn't really want to tell anyone because she knew it was so powerful she didn't want to tell rune because he was he was the face he was the heir she didn't want to take that away from him prince of the star she didn't want to take that away from him yeah yeah that was like his only redeeming quality based on like what their father saw in him so that really says something like she came there. She met him. She knows she has more power than him. And she was willing to not take that away from him. And that's how much she loved her brother because she could not take this away from him. So she kept the secret, kept her distance for that reason. And everyone again is watching this thing go down and everyone's mind is blown. Her father had no idea. Rune is just like a crumpled mess because he's just like, all of this is hitting him. She uses that bright power to blast, close the gate. And does is very successful in closing down the gate. The problem is she's spent. She's got no energy left. That was one gate. She's got six more to go. So Hypaxia, again, she's the witch. She runs over to hunt. Well, she kind of secretly did this while all this is going down. And removes his brow tattoo. And he's able to unleash his full power and might against Sandril. Because she and the Asiri have ordered Brimstone Michels to be attacking the city to destroy the demons and everyone's like what the hell are you doing Bryce is still there like you can't do this to the person that just saved all those people that's inhuman so Hunt goes full umber mortis on her and like electrocutes her from inside and then rips off her head so Hunt's full power his little tattoos removed the brimstone missiles are hitting the city left and right Bryce is in the old square kind of tucked away she's like this is it this is I got nothing left I've got I'm just trying to make it through and hopefully not get hit by this missile. Hunt ends up flying in on Fury's helicopter and dives down to protect Bryce Rice right as another missile hits. He is left in pieces along with my heart because Bryce lives. Hunt is shredded. His, his wings are burned off. His legs are missing. So imagine like- this like, the missile is no, coming. No, don't want to imagine this. <laughs> no, no, no. Everyone has to go through this with me because I'm reliving it. <laughs> so she's hunkering down because another missile's coming and Hunt is on his chopper with their little gang, their little Scooby gang, as I like to call them. And so he hops out of the chopper knowing this is going to be his last stand because he's going to go protect Bryce because she's been out here protecting everyone else. And he hops down as the missile's coming to blow and Bryce immediately it's like oh that wasn't that bad because he took the major blow of the missile and when she looks up and she realizes it's hunt his wings are completely shredded he has an entire hole where his abdomen and chest should be straight through like i'm, I'm pretty sure homegirl could like look at his front and see straight through his body because it's a gaping hole 
And that I was like, there's there's no way Hunt is gonna die, but also Danica died, so I don't know. It is intense, like we said, from this point on. It comes in hard and fast. So in a last-ditch effort, Bryce decides, I'm going to make the drop because if I make the drop now, I will have enough power to possibly close all the gates and end this and save the city. Yeah, and if I release the first light, that heals everything. That heals everything. So she puts her hand on the gate. And again, remember, these gates can talk to everyone. So she's like, if is there anyone out there, just put your hand here. I just need – I know it's scary. I know it's hard. Just put your hand here. And I need you to be the tether. I'm going to make the drop. I need an anchor. I can't do this alone. And none of the stones light up indicating that anyone else there is hearing her message. So defeated, she goes back to Hunt and she's like, it's going to be okay. Really knowing that she's there for Hunt's last moments and probably her last two. So she's saying – it's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We're going to go home. We're going to go to Syrinx knowing none of this is going to happen. And she hears in her head and in her heart, light it up. That is a phrase that Danica and her used to say to each other all the time. And she's like, you know, she's saying in her head, I'm so sorry, Danica. I can't light it up. Like, I just, I can't. And she hears it again, even louder, booming. And she waits a second and she looks over to the gates and she sees the only crystal for the bone quarter lift up, light up. And it is Danica's voice saying, light it up, Bryce, light it up. That part got me. I like, I'm still recovering from Lily. I'm still recovering from a true wolf. I'm still recovering from her last call to Hunt and then her saying her goodbyes to everyone. And I'm recovering from the fact that Hunt is laying dead on the floor with a hole through his body. And then you have someone coming from the fucking dead who we haven't, we know that Danica cross over the passage because and she has a spot in that quarter because bryce went over there and sold her spot i traded her spot in the what is it called the bone Bone quarter quarter. the bone the bone quarter to make sure that danica even though she did not die a honorable death as they consider it but she wanted to make sure that she still had a spot there and danica's soul refused to see anybody who came looking for her which sabine did so we didn't know what was going on with danica this entire time we knew she was out there in existence and we just assumed that was it and then we hear light it up so at this point, Danica's little ember of life is serving as the anchor for Bryce to make the drop. Again, everyone is watching this. Sabine is sobbing. Everyone's in disbelief. And Jessica and the Autumn King are also like, it's not possible. A dead person can't serve as an anchor. Like Bryce is going to die if she does this. It's not going to work. I don't even know if Bryce truly understands at this point that she's just a sliver of a soul versus like her coming back to life. I have no clue what's going on in Denise. Uh, in Bryce's head at this point, but. So there's a lot of concern if a dead soul can serve as a proper anchor and help bring her back. So no one will know if Bryce does this, if she'll make it up back or die in the process. So Danica tells her to like it, light it up. She slaps her hand on that gate and starts to make the drop. She does. She makes the drop. She closes the first gate, the first light that comes out of her as she makes the drop and shoots down into the, the well of her power, closes all the gates, and the first light heals Hunt in the process. The problem is she has no way back up. She decides she, – she tells Danica when she meets her kind of at the bottom of her power well, I don't know if I want to come back up because life has been so hard without her. Ultimately, Danica gives her the closure she needed, why she did what she did, how she did it, and she gets – closure saying we all saw what you did the pack of devils is with you they're holding off the people in the bone quarter so that i can be here with you but like you have to go back that's what it is would you um, like saw connor's 
Oh, it's Waterwork City over and here. The- Get it together, Bridget. Get it together. We need and to wrap up this episode. I'm sorry, y'all. Usually like, you bring the LOLs, entire- but this one hurts too much. Her like entire friend group from like the time she went to they've college. All, they've all got her back. They're all just standing there on the other side, holding everything off, rooting for her. Holding back the Reapers. Brutal. It is brutal to retell this. Are we all just like <laughs> crying in front of each other? All of it. I need to get you guys. Zannies all around. <laughs> oh my gosh! And we had someone be like, "I would watch a YouTube of you guys." Like, no, you don't want to see this. Okay, I don't even think this happened when we were talking about the thirteen. Well, well we, just kidding. Well, we haven't done a recording. Yeah, we haven't talked yet, about yeah. the thirteen. So the pack of devils. They also what she did back then. They're fighting off the reapers. So Danica uses her very last bits of power because again it's one thing to make the drop it's another thing to rise up from the deep deep power of will because she fell so far down she has to race up before her mortal body dies so danica uses that last less line of power to propel bryce up and she starts making the run up like so the last gives bit the last of-, of her life force so like there's nothing left of her after she gives this up it gives bryce the push she needs to make it back up and again the dramatics of what's happening is everyone is watching this i mean like she's not going to make it i don't know if she's going to make it and there's a countdown clock when you make the drop of how how long you have to be back and there's like a, a, a power scale a power scale also that's calculated and they're like she's too far down her power she'll never make, like she dropped too far she'll never make it back up because she's not powerful enough um so that last force is the the push that gives Bryce a chance to make yeah. it up. Sabine also, is sobbing. You know, how is it possible? He asks. The Arm King is in disbelief. He's like, how is this possible? And Sabine answers, through all things, love is possible, which is what Danica's jacket, her whole mantra of life was. So the other thing, though, is to, because Bryce did it at the gate, anybody, when you go to the gate, you like deposit a drop of your first light to get it to work. So every single visitor that has ever dropped off first light at the gates that also helped Bryce too and she like ended up absorbing that energy I think and yeah, that's what ends up making her so powerful because even though she has the light the light is like a different type of power versus what the veneer have and so she absorbed all of these powers that the gates had pulled from the deposit and deposited into her body in order and that's what she used to be able to close the gates from the whatever of hells the hell the hell one l so hell not hell (laughs) one l so bryce comes out with a power level that is just above the autumn king i was dying i wanted her to just go one point over him it was like one decimal it was something so small just enough for like a a big like fuck you autumn king for being such a dick and he's also in disbelief and everyone's like holy shit because i guess there's like a scale before this when you're younger and you can kind of tell what your power ranking could be and so she's off the charts now with this combined first light gate power that she had. She comes back. Hunt put, brings her back to life. And they're both alive together because he's been healed. She's alive. She's made the drop. And the gates are all closed. Now, for what happens after that, I'll sum it up really quickly. The city, everyone's kind of dealing with the power vacuum that was left between two archangels. We don't really know the structure that's getting back into place. There's a lot of healing, a lot of death that was caused by the demons, so they're all working through that. Um, There is another almost sexy moment where they two reunite. They get cock-blocked again by her mom, who's like, what the hell happened? Which is fair. Um, The Asiri called one of them Regulus, Regulus, um, calls and he's like, hey, we know everything you did. And we're just going to let it slide. Just like, don't 
Just don't talk about it. Like, don't talk about the secret stuff. We'll let you and Hunt live. That's the reward for you just keeping your silence. And, and set like, him free. Yeah, they set him free. And she's like, yep, you got it. Like, no more trouble here. This is enough. I'm good. Thank you very much. And that's kind of the book kind of ends. Or so you think. Oh, um, Isaiah calls on Hunt because he needs his help to be able to yes. rally and restructure the archangels and the angels. So they're basically being called on left and right to rebuild the community. Yeah. Yes. And that's kind of where we leave it in this rebuilding space. There is an epilogue that we need to talk about. A couple things happen here and I have in caps notes. Um, one, this epilogue is happening between Jessica and not Adidas. What is his no, name? Adis. Adis. Uh, the prince of the, the chasm. Chasm? Chasm. Prince of the chasm, who is decided as a cat. Again, they're on a park bench just chatting away to a cat. And they're sitting on a park bench. They're clearly familiar with each other. Maybe they were even friends. And Jessica asks, why didn't you tell me a break about Bryce? Adis? Adis. Adis. Adis says he couldn't trust that secret with anyone. He says he knew... Thea's light from anywhere. And even though he thought it had died under Prince Peleus, it is strong in Bryce. Three brown bombs dropped from this conversation. One, Adius says Hunt's father would have been so proud. Who is Hunt's father? Two, he tells Jessica, well, you knew the man best. How? Were they lovers? How did Jessica know Hunt's father? I have all these questions. How old is Jessica? Yeah. How, how old, old is I, Jessica? Yeah. No clue. Adis then asks about the library, presumably, again, the great library of Pathos that Jessica has been hiding away in Griffin Parthos. Antiquity. Parthos. The great library of Parthos that Jessica has been hiding away in Griffin Antiquities. And she tells him it's already been hidden and don't fuck us over this time. And I'm like, what happened last time? And he says, I won't. Not when things are about to get so interesting. Dun, dun, dun. That's where it ends. And so we know the story is not over for our dear friend Bryce. Is she out of trouble for now? Yes. But clearly much more things are going to happen with her and Hunt and the rest of the Scooby gang in book two. Can the I ask end. questions about book two? <laughs> no. What? Can I ask a question about the POVs for book two? Is this like a silver flame type situation where we're focused on a different character and couple or is it still Bryce and Hunt and then it's we still, get POVs from- It's still Bryce and Hunt, but we get POVs I think from everybody mm -hmm. that we've met. Yeah. Is Jessica in there? I don't remember. I know no, Therian uh, for sure is, and Rune for sure. I and don't recall a major Jessica POV. POV. It may be like a small. I, I haven't read it since the first time I read it. So you know, again, book two is a chunk of a book. So we'll see. But final thoughts and feelings now that we've gone through it. Well, I just cried on the fucking live recording. So <laughs> we all did. Right. That was my feelings. We all did. <laughs> I. Before going into book two, I thought that there was a possibility that Adis might be like Bryce's endgame. I, hmm. I thought Adis was Hunt's father until he's like, oh, his father would be proud. I'm like, is it not you? <laughs> well, I is it one of his brothers? Again, explain the princes of hell, the prince of the chasm, the prince of the pit. Like, I don't know the, the hierarchy there and I want to know it. Yeah, so it's interesting to note there's more to Mysterious Jessica. There's more to Adis. And he's not just a cat comforting a sad 13-year-old on a park bench after she blinds an oracle. There's like a whole, a whole purpose to this. But that concludes our very dramatic and weepy retelling of <laughs> Sorry, Christmas friends. City 2. Um, look, we bring the LOLs as much as we can, but we're also going to bring the tears when it hits us in the feels. So, you know, we are who we are. And we are passionate women <laughs> who feel. Strong, passionate women. Yeah, of course. Goes without saying. 
All right, guys, that is it from us tonight. Thank you for sticking along for this recap. We know this was a long two-parter, and we hope we did this great book justice because clearly it, it got to us. It stuck with us. Before we go, to make us even longer, I just want to give some quick shout-outs to some friends that we've met along the way. I don't know how to say this, so I'm just going to read out your initials. D-N-C-R-N-R-P-S-94. It was like down corn rotations per second, 94. <laughs> I- <laughs> we see you. Thank you so much. Thank you for saying that you would watch a YouTube of us. We don't know if we would watch a YouTube of us, but appreciate. Uh, do you guys want a YouTube of us? I mean, it's Let again, weeping. We'll do it. We'll do anything for a good time. You know what I mean? So if you want a YouTube of us, we'll figure out a way to make it happen. Um, it may be us crying on camera. So yeah, love that for us <laughs> and you watching us get all bleary and red eyed. Um, but thank you so much for your view. It really made our day. Also want to give a shout out to Megan M on Spotify who interacted with our uh, question of the week. And that was, were you pissed at Reese for hiding the pregnancy? And she was like, absolutely, which is the only right answer we'll accept. So thank yeah. you, Megan. Um, you guys can interact with us on Spotify's question of the week. This one, I think Hilda, you said, is it Danica or Danica? Who, how'd you say it? Let us know. Let us know. Let us know what There you are think. no wrong answers. <laughs> no here. wrong answers. Let us know what you think and why Bridget is wrong. You <laughs> um, two pronunciations, says we're both correct. Yes. We will. We'll see what you guys think. How did you refer to her? Um, also, I want to give a quick shout out, shout out from Carla from IG. She left us the sweetest note saying how much we, we crack her up when she's cooking and driving around all day. And... And we got her hooked on Zodiac. So eh, maybe don't think us yet because you're in the throes of book five and that that's a rough one. But, yeah. Yeah. but uh, we will be your group therapy session from when you get out of it into book six, seven, eight, and nine. Really? And yeah. when you read Ruthless Boys. Highs and lows. Highs and lows with Zodiac. But we're in it together, clearly. That's the important part. So from all of us, the three of us, and our tears, <laughs> Book Talk made me, we wish you a good night, good day, carry on well- with your lives. Light it up, you guys. Light, Light it, it up. up. <laughs> Light it up, Danica. Bye. Bye.